Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Colossians is just a marvelous book in the New Testament that contends for the centrality of Jesus Christ in the life of a believer. I love teaching from the book of Colossians. It's just, it's rich. And it is for me very, very revealing as to how quickly we as the believers in Christ can go off into rabbit trails. And this book of Colossians anchors us in the one who birthed us, the one that supplies us, the one to which we belong, the one that we should mind. Uh, It's a marvelous, marvelous book. Today, I want to highlight Colossians 2 verse 6. As therefore you have received the Christ, Jesus the Lord, walk in him. And here I'm going to greatly emphasize how did you receive Christ? Because it says here, as you have received him, now you should walk in him. The big question becomes, how did you receive Christ? Because you cannot have a walk other than your birth in him. We will explore that in this uh, upcoming message. Also in 1 John chapter 2. Again, in verse 6, it says almost a similar thing. It says that the person who says that he abides in Christ ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Colossians, as we've received him, we should even so walk in him. Here in 1 John, if you say that you are one with him, if you say that Jesus is your Lord, if you say that you belong to him, then your walk should be similar to his walk. And we will contend in this message with you that you cannot have a Christian life or a walk with God other than what Jesus had. So here it is. I will ask this question over and over again in our time together. How? How did you receive Christ? Because it will determine how you also now walk with Christ. As therefore you have received the Christ, who is Jesus the Lord, walk also in Him. If I can sketch it out. The way that you received God, the way that you received Christ, you now need to walk in Him. How did you receive Christ? Because the way that you received Him ought to be then the way that you live and walk and move and have your being in Him. So listen carefully. If you received Christ philosophically, then your walk with Christ will be philosophically. 
If you received Christ as a kind of a tradition, then your walk with Christ will be only according to traditions. Because here, a kind after kind principle is set up. It was already established in Genesis. Lions create lions. Humans create humans. Kind after its own kind. Here is that same language, but cloaked in spirituality. If you've received Christ because somebody argued you into Christ, if it's through an argument, then you'll see people will live argumentative in Christ. Can you follow with me? The way that you come in is the way that you will often live. So we, we then ask this question, how did you receive Christ? Listen carefully. If you received Christ as an entertainment event, then it's going to take entertainment to walk with Christ. The question is, how did you receive Christ? Because therein is the basis of your spiritual walk. Now, there's many ways to receive many different Christs. This is what I was trying to establish. There's more than one Jesus. Paul clearly spoke about that in Corinthians just a minute ago. Paul preached a Jesus, the Jesus. Then others came in and preached an alternative Jesus. So whichever Jesus you received, and however you received Him, that's going to be a reflection often of your spirituality. The way that you received Him, so walk in Him. Some folk received Him because they were under peer pressure. All my buddies received Jesus, raised their hands, so I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand lest I come across like a buffoon. So I receive Him out of peer pressure. And guess what? I will live constantly under that sort of peer pressure. If, there's, if everybody's for Christ, I'll be. But if nobody's for Christ, I check out. I, I just conform like a chameleon to the environment. Here's my question. In the New Testament, how do we receive Jesus Christ? Because if you receive Him in the wrong way, you will probably live the wrong way. If you receive Him in the right way, then the question is, are you walking in the way that you received Him? This is what he's saying. The way that you have received the Christ, walk in Him. So Paul obviously preached a kind of a Christ, a kind of a gospel, and he says, this gospel that I gave to you, you need to now walk in this gospel. You can't come up with a new one. Yeah. Are you all with me? Yeah. You can't come up with an alternative arrangement. There's, there's one gospel, one hope, one Father, one Lord, according to the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 4. There, there's just one way, the truth, one narrow. And either you're on it or you're not. So here's my trick question to you. It's not a trick question. It's a simple question. How does a New Testament person receive Christ? Give me some elements, because that's the way that you will have to walk in Him. A lot of folk make Christ so complex. So it's going to take a lot of complexity to keep folk in Christ. Some folk make Christ a Santa Claus. So it's going to keep a kind of a Santa Claus Christ to keep folk on the way. The day Jesus stops being Santa Claus, most folk pack their bags and they're out. 
The way that you receive him will be the way that you walk because kind produces after its own. Here's my question. According to the New Testament revelation, how does a person receive Jesus the Christ? If you received Christ through grace, how then ought you to walk in? Does that make sense? Now, how simple is that? In my little ox wagon wheel of the spiritual life, which is just a kind of a diagram to conceptualize some of the spiritual tenets of the New Testament, at the very core of that wheel is the axle of grace on which everything revolves. How did you receive God? God came to you by way of grace, not by way of works. So you'll see a lot of folk receive Jesus by way of works, so they think it takes works to walk with Jesus. Do you understand that? They received Jesus because they were so condemned, so in that spirit of condemnation, they live a life of condemnation. They received Jesus under such sin, in, I'm so imperfect and I, I, I got to work, so they asked Jesus, come and help me work for you, so I can be a nice boy that you can pat on the back one day and say, good and faithful servant, well done. The way that we received Him was through grace. So the number one way that you will have to live this Christian life is to stop human tradition, stop works, stop, stop effort, stop being all philosophical, stop striving, and just, whew, yes, Lord. If you've received Him through grace, then you have to walk by grace. Amen. Amen. Number two, how did you receive Jesus as the Christ? I'm looking for number two. What goes with grace according to my diagram? Come on. Listen, we didn't receive Jesus because I fully understand Him. I received Him by faith. Has anybody here ever seen Jesus? He's some historical figure of 2,000 years ago, right? Everybody's arguing whether he was real or not, and did he say this and mean that? But I didn't receive Jesus on a historical argument because it made sense. I received him by faith. So guess what? My walk with him has to be a walk of radical, not of tradition where I control and it's predictable. You see, the minute you go back to tradition, then you have to say, ah, oh, probably that's the way I came into the faith is by tradition. It's just sort of the thing to do in my culture. No, 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 no. You received them by grace. So you live by grace. You received them by faith. So now I live by faith. Yeah. Jesus didn't make fully sense to me the day I accepted him. Did you understand the work of the cross the day that you accepted Jesus? Who did? We didn't say yes because we had him figured out. We said yes because, I mean, my, my inner man was stirred. Now, how will you live this Christian life? You're going to have to live it the way that you received it. Let me add a few more for you. The day that you received Jesus, did you not exercise tremendous humility and vulnerability that day you said yes to God? Huh? Was that not a humbling day in your life? When you bowed a knee or you laid on the floor, 
or somebody led you to Jesus, let's say, and you cried your guts out, were you not that day in a kind of a contrite, broken, humble, oh God, you are Lord, I'm not, posture? Were you in such a posture? Humility. Humility, meekness. Did you not exercise a kind of a tenderness to say, Lord, you are God, I'm not? Yeah? That's the way then that you will have to learn to walk. So you'll see the moment your heart gets lifted up, the moment you interrogate God, the moment you step out of faith into works, you are done with progress in your spiritual life. That moment it stops. You're not going to mature. You're not going to grow. You, 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 you get stunted. So if your spiritual life is not progressing and there's not rhythm and momentum coming from it, you have to begin to ask how did I receive God? Because according to this text, the Colossians received Him a certain way, but then they began to live another way, incongruent with the kind after its own kind. Is everybody with me? 1 John chapter 2. You might be surprised to find the sister verse to Colossians 2 verse 6 in 1 John 2 verse 6. You might be surprised to see that it says almost the same thing. 1 John. Now this book was also written to combat Gnosticism. Gnosticism was a cult. A legitimate Christian cult. It was Christian. Fully Christian. But it had all sorts of tentacles in ancient uh, heathen traditions. And it pulled all the best thoughts out of heathenism and Christianized it also, and then taught this is the gospel. We call it Gnosticism today. And there's many branches of it. But in the gospel of John, and notably the letters of John, this Gnostic cult began to say, hey, wait a minute. Jesus was not really God, or He was not really man. Because that, that's impossible. That just doesn't make sense. So they began to propagate a gospel where Jesus was just a good teacher, but He was not God. Or if he was God, he could not have been man. And all the many variations thereof. So the Gospel of John, the book of Colossians, and the book of 1 John particularly is written towards this Christian cult. This Christian mindset that um, Jesus either was not God or he was either not man. Okay, but um, look at verse 6. He who says that he abides in Christ ought himself also to walk even as Christ walked. Do you see that? In Colossians he says, the way that you received him, walk in him. John comes and he says, if you abide in this Jesus, if you say that you belong to this Jesus, then you ought to, ought to have a walk similar to the way he walked. So then we got to go ask the question, how did Jesus have a walk with his father? How did Jesus get along with his dad? How did Jesus and the Father relate and interact? Because I cannot have a Christianity or a spirituality other than what Jesus had with His Father. Which brings me to this point. There's only one Christianity. 
And it's the way that Christ walked with his father. There is no other version to the Christian story. There is not a walk with God for Jesus and a walk with God for John Wesley and for Francois Fenelon and for Count Zinzendorf and Billy Graham and then there's kind of like a walk for me. No. There's not a walk that's Pentecostal or Charismatic or Baptist or Presbyterian. Can I just say to all of y'all, all of those divisions is a distraction from the simplicity in God. I want you to look at this verse. If you say that you are of Him, and you belong to Him, and you abide in Him, then I ought to walk even as He walked. My life is, in a way, a resemblance of His life. My spirituality, then, has to be a spirituality that reflects His spirituality. We ask this question, how was Jesus born? Somebody help me. You, you celebrate this every Christmas. You get a lot of presents in the name of a baby, a lot of sheep, and a couple of camels and a few wise men. How was Jesus born? Of the? Spirit. Come on. Through Mary. But listen, how was He born? Miraculously. Can you follow with me? He was born from heaven to earth. He was born from the Holy Spirit that came and overshadowed a girl. So he had what we might call a miraculous spiritual birth. Would you agree with me? Okay. Now, if I am to walk even as he walked, then it stands to reason I have to have a miraculous kind of a spiritual birth. If I don't have some kind of a miraculous spiritual birth, I don't belong to Christ. I can't have a birth from tradition or customs or a birth from persuasion. I have to have a birth that is legitimately miraculous. So I want to talk about the miraculous birth. So we're supposed to walk like Jesus. So we have a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? Right? I want to make a new bracelet. How did Jesus came to be? Turn to John's Gospel now, chapter 3. A marvelous, marvelous story in the New Testament that happened to Christ, and He's teaching us in John 3, this will have to happen to you and I. If I am to walk just as He walked, I have to have a life just as He lived, an interaction with God will get there. At the very onset, I have to have the same kind of a birth He had. If I don't have a miraculous birth, I am not a Christian. John chapter 3, Jesus is going to teach about this miraculous birth. You've heard sermons probably on this. I'm going to teach it again. 
as Paul would say, it's not irksome for me to remind you of these things. Irksome, it doesn't bother me to remind you of these things. John chapter 3. And there was a man, and he was a Pharisee, named Nicodemus, and he was a ruler of the Jews. I want you to notice the verse 1 there, that word Pharisee. He was a religious man. From sunup to sundown, his entire life revolved around the worship of God. And Jesus is going to tell him, whether you have your whole culture in the worship of God, you still need a miraculous birth. Is everybody with me? If you want to walk as Jesus walked, at the very least, you've got to have a birth the way Jesus had a birth. So, notice that phrase, Pharisee. His name is Nick, but I also want you to notice he's a ruler of the Jews. He's a person of influence. He's a kind of a leader. Leader or not, religious man or not, you need a miraculous birth. Amen. Verse 2. This Nick, Cadimus, came to Jesus by night. And he said to him, Rabbi. Now I want you to notice verse 2 because it, 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 it discloses to us what was the agenda of Nicodemus. Verse 2 is highly significant. And it starts off when he says to him, Rabbi, which we know it, it means teacher. So he says, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So listen carefully. Nicodemus had heard any and everything about God there is already. A Pharisee owned the Google on God. A Pharisee knew everything about God. But here comes a man, and he does a couple of signs and wonders, a few tricks we as Pharisees have never quite figured out. And this man, Nicodemus, takes notice. And he realizes we have a gap in Phariseeism. There's, there's, there's an issue that, that we have not perfected, and it's this whole miraculous thing. And this man can teach me maybe something of the miraculous. This man does these signs, and he does these wonders. Otherwise, if he's not from God, surely he can't do these things. He teaches so good. He teaches things we've never heard in our Pharisee little sect. And so Nicodemus perhaps go to Jesus to get more info. How did you do that? How did God empower you to do this sign? How did God teach you this particular truth? Nicodemus is a truth seeker, a knowledge seeker. He wants in on something secret. So he comes in the middle of the night. And he's hungering for more knowledge. He's hungering for, Rabbi, tell me, how do you do this? How did you learn this? Obviously, as Pharisees, we've got it all covered, maybe, except this one. And Jesus will not teach this man. He will not tell him how that he does the signs and wonders. He will not try to persuade this man. All that he will say to this man is, you have to be born again. 
He comes to seek knowledge from this rabbi. Maybe get another secret lesson, a lecture from this rabbi figure. And maybe a tip or two how to like do these signs and wonders. Then my education is complete. I'll have more influence over the Jews. Nicodemus, to say the very least, is highly impressed with Christ. He's really touched by this man. He's impressed by this man. And in humility, he comes to him and says, basically, help me. I want to grow. I want to know more. How do you do this? Let's go to verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew. Do you see that phrase in your Bible, unless one is born again? You can, with great confidence, circle that word and write in from above. You must be born from above. Nicodemus, you must have a new birth, a above birth. Is this not how Jesus came into this world? He was born from above. Now God used the life of a virgin girl, Mary, to manifest this above-born person. And of course, God's going to use your own body to manifest through you that you're born from above. Same story. So we cannot have a spirituality that is born from customs and traditions and persuasion and truths and philosophies and arguments. You cannot have such a birth. That's an improper birth. You have to have a miraculous birth from above. In fact, in a minute, Jesus is going to use the word, you must be born again. Let's go read. He says, unless you have a birth that is from above, look at verse 3, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So look here. Here's the supernatural realm. Here's the earthly, temporal realm realm of time and space in which you and I live. Nothing in this world, nothing, according to Jesus, and either he is speaking the truth or he's lying through his teeth. But nothing in this world can help you see God's world. Hello, look at the screen here. Not good works can help me see God's world. Not good behavior not truth, not philosophy, no tradition, no argument, nothing in this world, no persuasion can help me see. See, I have to have a birth from above if I am to see above. If I am not born from above, as we would say, born again, I cannot even see the things of God. That's why a Pharisee, even though he had the Bible all day long, yet he never saw the things of God. He could never see the kingdom of God. He never entered into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he had truth. He had knowledge. He had sermons and commentaries. He had behavior. There was nobody that lived a perfect life but a Pharisee. He lived a perfect life, but he could not see God. Look at John 3 verse 27. Keep your finger there. 
You always have to keep a finger somewhere in the Bible. No one can receive anything unless it's given to him from? There's a principle. Now the context is a little bit different, but the principle is, is very much the same. If we want to walk with God, if we want to be the people of God, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you have to have a birth that's from above. There is no other way. That's why so many of us can grow up in the Christian church. We don't have a clue who God is. Because I am a Christian of Christian tradition. And I'm a Christian of Christian teachings. But I am not a Christian from the heavenlies. Only when you are born from above. And it's a miraculous kind of a thingy. <laughs> thingy. It's a miraculous kind of an event. When you're born from above, all of a sudden you begin to see. And yet everybody says, why? How? Do you see? And you're like, I just see. Parents, we want our children to see. And we force you to go to Christian school. You will see God. Does it work? Does it really, really work? No, they get a Christian education. We're thankful for that. But it's no different than had we lived in the land of Buddha. We got a great Buddhist education. So we think information will cause you to live a certain way. It, it, hello? Who taught us that? Satan. Eat this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, you'll be like God. We ate the knowledge of good and evil, and we are less like God than ever before. Knowledge does not cause you to live the Christian life. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, um, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly. What does your Bible say? Most assuredly? Very true. Verily, verily? Yeah, <laughs> I find it really interesting that Jesus has to preface his statement with, Hey, what I'm about to tell you is the truth. <laughs> Squared. Truly, truly. <laughs> Jesus could have just spoken and it would have been the truth. Because he speaks for God. He's the Son of God, and after all, He is God. Yeah. He should have just said, hey, be born again. But no, He prefaces it by saying, truly. Yeah, let's add another one. Truly. Yeah. Verily, verily, most assuredly. In other words, in modern day language, Nicodemus, you can take the following to the bank. You can bet your life on this. In another way, when my Bible comes out, I'm not kidding you. Nicodemus. I'm not fooling around, Nicodemus. This is serious, Nicodemus. In other words, hello, Nick, pay attention. Is everybody with me? Yes. He's very emphatic here. Don't misunderstand me, Nicodemus, unless it's a conditional phrase. Unless you are born of water, and unless you are born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, unless you're born from above, you can't even see the things of God. And then to intensify that statement, he says, unless you are born from above and have an again birth, 
You cannot enter into the reality of the rule of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom dynamic of God. You're an outsider, even if you're a Jew, the people of God. Notice how your Bible says it. I want to hear from your Bible. Does it use the phrase, unless? Do you see that? That's a conditional phrase. Unless you are born of water, unless you are born of the Spirit, you cannot come into the things of God. Unless you are born of water and unless you're born of spirit, you and God do not connect. You can't see Him, nor do you enter into His reality, His reign, His kingdom, His domain, we might say. Unless. Now, when was the last time somebody came to you and said, I just don't understand some of the things of God? And you said to Him, Unless you are born again, you will never see this. See, what you and I do is a person comes like, I just don't understand some of the things of God. I just don't experience God. We're like, well, all right, let me explain. Yada, 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 yada. Do you understand? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Pastor, help. You need to read this book. Watch that YouTube club. Here's a conference for you. I'll pay it even for you. Do you see what I'm saying? Welcome to the human way of living the God life. And here is the Son of God giving us, it's so simple. But of course, who pays attention? So no matter what you ask of Jesus, at the upfront of your Christian life, I think He has one answer. You have to have a birth. I'm not even going to talk to you about God things until you and God have a birth. You get what I'm saying? Human wisdom is not strong enough to, to, to get you into the kingdom of God. If, if I through human wisdom could bring you in, you're, you're on a shallow foundation because human wisdom changes. If I were to bring you into the kingdom of God through argument and philosophy, you're standing on a very shifting sandy foundation because human philosophy changes. Only God has to bring you to the dance. Only God from heaven has to crawl into your being if, if you're to see anything of God. So I can argue with you all day long certain things in God, but I think we have to ask the question, have you had a miraculous above birth? Can you say that in such and such a date, I was born from above? Do you know I'm meeting more and more Christians who cannot say on such and such a day? Just like we say on such and such a day, in such and such a town, I was born of my parents. Many of us should have a similar story in our God walk. On such and such a day, maybe, I was born from above. Many of us as believers nowadays, we're not even sure when we had this birth. We're not even sure what this birth even is. Because we have the Google. We can figure the walk with God out. I am so ticked at Christians who think they can Google their way through the spiritual life. You God your way through the spiritual life. Your greatest need is not another answer, Nicodemus. Not a tip and a trick, a healing conference or a sign and wonder conference. 
This is what Nicodemus wanted. Give me another tip. Give me another trick. How did you do that? Please explain this. And Jesus says, he refuses to get down onto the human level. And he just says, Nicodemus, I'm not going to have this argument with you. All you need is a fresh birth. The clarifying word is an above birth. And then you'll see. Then you'll understand. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Do you see the kind after its own kind principle? Okay. Your parents can only produce flesh. Your culture can only produce culture. Philosophy can only produce philosophy. The world can only replicate the world. Kind after its own kind. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So here it is in a nutshell. You have either a physical birth only... Or you gain, because of God, a spiritual birth. And whatever realm you're born of, you have the authority to live in that realm. If you're born from the natural realm, you have the authority to live in this natural realm. You have the authority to partake of the knowledge of this realm, the language of this realm, the customs of this realm, the truths and the history of this realm. The clothing of this realm. Is everybody with me? Because I'm born from humanity, I have a right to live among humanity. It's so simple. I have the authority. What gives me the authority? My birth. I have a right to the human language and knowledge. I have a right to live and move in this realm that I'm born of. Kind after its own. Well, pray tell. You want to walk with God? You want to know God? You want to, let's say, fellowship with God? How are you going to get there? You cannot use the things of this realm to get to God's realm. Remember, that garden has angelic beings, cherubim, guarding that realm. You cannot go to that realm. That realm has to come to you. So try as you might. Be squeaky clean as a Pharisee. You will never get there because you're only born of the flesh, kind after its kind. Now, if you're born of the Spirit, then you are authorized now to ascend to the heavenlies. You are authorized to learn the language of God. You have the right to eat the food of God, hear the truth and history of God, know the mysteries of God, what authorizes you to speak to God? Your birth in God. What authorizes you to praise Him, talk with Him, walk with Him, sit with Him, have peace with Him, be right with Him? What authorizes you? Your birth in God. No birth in God, no communion with God. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born anew. Born again, born from above. Notice the word must. Do you see that in your Bible? I hope your Bible translated it. You must be born again. So, the Colossians. You need to walk as Jesus walked. Walk in the way that... How did you receive Him? You received Him from above. 
You received him from spirit. You received him in a kind of a miraculous way through grace and faith. There is a cue for you, a clue, how to live this Christian life. You are to walk just as he walked. Well, how did he walk? We'll get to that still. But he started with a proper birth in God. Now, most folk get a birth in God so that they can go only to heaven. And that to me is also a false birth because it's still about me. I'm not really interested in seeing or knowing God. I'm interested in about comfort. So I spiritualize comfort and hedonism. And I say, well, I'm accepting Jesus because so I can go to a place. Even that is the truth. We're going to, you know, there is, yeah. But it's just a little bit skewed because my motivation is not really to know God. My motivation really is air conditioning. Even that false premise is an issue of comfort. So they will want their whole Christian life to be one of comfort. I'm telling you, the way you come in will be the way you live.